welcome to another episode of the Sunday League podcast. Uh, unfortunately, we missed a week last week. Um, I think too many work commitments took uh, took over there, so apologies for that. Unfortunately, we are still missing Scott. And no, don't worry, before he starts sending out search parties, he hasn't been eaten by a crocodile. But uh, he hopefully should be back from his rainforest trip very soon and uh, back to hosting, because safe to say, no one does it like he does it. Joining me as always, I've got uh, Dan Wapples. Dan, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Adam. Uh, yeah, like you say, uh, we are missing Scott, and apologies to the listeners. The producers are on the back as well. I don't think neither of us are getting the uh, role that uh, Scott has permanently, but uh, yeah, we're, we're giving it a go, aren't we? We, de- we definitely are, mate. We definitely are. Now, obviously, you <laughs> called me out last time on uh, not guessing your beer choice tonight. Um, well, last last time. So tonight, I'm assuming it is Carlin. Yeah, you have to be right, Adam. Oh, uh, to really be honest, I was actually going to go teetotal for tonight because, as my uh, squash fans know, I've got a tournament in Manchester a week on Saturday. So I was trying to say I'm going to be teetotal for a week, but then the stress of uh, living with three children and... Uh, uh, every, every time you've said this, it's always been like a, a week in advance. Like yeah. norm, normal people would like try and detox for about a month, two, three, four uh, months before. But you know, the, you obviously don't take it seriously enough, Dan. I've got too many social events, Adam. I'm a, I'm a sociable guy. <laughs> but no. Uh, what about yourself? What are you drinking tonight? I'm uh, I'm on. Taurus dark fruit cider. I think I've had this in the pod before. It's essentially the um, the Audi version of Strongbow dark fruits. Uh, it tastes just as good. I think I said that before as well. What are we on four percent? Yeah, four percent on this. So it, it's nice. It's giving Could me a, a long pod. Burps. <laughs> Ooh, very nice. Right. So um, at the end of this pod, we're, we're going to go with the. Uh, Mystery football, I believe we're going to announce the uh, the player of that because people have been dying to know for weeks now. So I think you're going to um, roll that one out, Dan, later on this afternoon. Uh, yes. But let's um, let's start today with the the Monday golf fests, shall we say, Wops? Um, we'll, we'll we'll go with Fulham Leicester. Get this one out of the way. It, it is truly embarrassing for the foxes. Am I right? Yes, uh, I, I'd like to call it. Manic Monday, for, uh, to be fair. But, yeah, for us Leicester fans, as as the listeners uh, will know, we are, the three of us are all avid Leicester fans and this was a terrible Monday, wasn't it? It's, I just, I don't actually know where to start with it. I, I don't want to get too beat up about it, but it doesn't, look, it doesn't look good for us. We've actually got rolled off the park and I, I've been watching it Today you got Williams, uh, the first goal, the free kick. Yeah, yeah. No one is taking command of that. And don't get me, I'm not uh, overly happy with. I think we were praising Everson before for his last game. He's yeah. made some absolute shocking errors in this this one. The first goal, yeah. No. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I lost the words for the whole game. To be honest, I'm still. I've I've gone to work today and I'm. And I've got other 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 people coming up to me, and I'm, yeah, I'm, it's still hard to speak about, to be honest. Yeah, I, I work I work with a couple of Forest fans and people that live in Nottingham, and for some reason they all come out of the woodworks as soon as something like this happens. <laughs> uh, I mean, for for Everson's goal, I don't I don't understand how how no one challenged the ball, and why he was so late to react to going going down to save it. It's as if you thought it were going out. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's just poured. There's no one commanding that since I know we're talking about Leicester a bit more personal because we've followed them so much. But we've not had a, we've never replaced Jermichael. As much as he wasn't favoured by everyone, he was a very very commanding voice. And I think we've got to look at this a bit deeper now. We we are in deep trouble here. Uh, I. I don't see 
I'm looking at the fixtures and now after the last game has gone on and we're in a worse worse position than we were, I think we've got one of the worst runnings for the teams down the bottom now. Yeah, And it, it's a struggle. I don't know where we're going to get points from. We're, last game of the season, we're playing a West Ham side that I think a couple of weeks ago we fancied that we potentially get points from. And uh, now what have we seen them? They're picking up results and they're playing well. They're hitting a bit of form. I think they've won the game at the weekend. And yeah, they've got a bit of a buzz around the place now, especially with the Europa Conference League going well. So yeah, yeah. we could be, yeah, I'm yeah, still I'm, I'm with you, Dan. I mean, I, I'm I'm already saying it as we're down, and I'm I'm looking forward to going uh, Plymouth away next year. Uh, I don't I don't see Leicester picking up points against um, Liverpool, Newcastle, and and when we do, when at that point we'll be relegated, we'll absolutely batter West Ham, and it'll be like, well, why have you not done this against Everton and Leeds in the last couple of weeks? Even Fulham, I I am not taking anything away from Fulham in this result either. The they they played us out of the park and they were a team that were up for it and wanted to cause some damage and they definitely did cause some damage. Yeah, no, and also you just got to... I, I fear that if your man had turned up even more than he normally would, Harry Wilson, with only the one assist of the weekend, yeah. if he had been the Ballon d'Or player that you know and everyone knows listening to the pod, this could have been double figures, couldn't it, Adam? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean what... Yeah, definitely for Wilson, hundred percent. I mean, another penalty miss for Leicester as well. Um, but I, I, I tell you what, though, Dan, we'll, we'll leave it there because I, I don't want this to turn into the Leicester podcast. If if we're going to do the Leicester podcast, we'll have to have a whole new hour. Um, so no, I agree. And there'd be a lot of bleeping out as well. I think if we went <laughs> into our real uh, version of the game. Definitely, game, so, yeah. yeah. I'm still waiting for that moment that we we're allowed to swear. We do. Seconds- <laughs> podcast as explicit but uh we, we try and keep it pg for the younger audiences out there um all right dan what what we're going on on the next game well let's go the the next kickoff of the my, my so-called manic monday uh the shock everton win of uh beating brighton 5-1 is uh is it now that sean dyche has finally got that team playing is or is this just a shock result i don't know uh but Brighton certainly got struck with a Everton side that were well well I don't I don't think Everton were lucky here. I think they did play very well to be honest, especially uh, Dwight McNeil and uh but I just I don't know whether the Fulham Leicester result may have helped them early on. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, so I, th- I think Brighton's debt Brightonly. Uh, Brighton certainly got stuck in some toffee here, mate. Um, it was impossible to see that scoreline happen. I don't, I don't think Everton were planning on winning that five-one at all. And the fact that uh, Brighton are in such fine form, trying to push for Europe as well, that'll take a massive dent on their confidence as well going into the remaining three, four games for them. And I think, yeah, I, I think. Uh, Everton just played the counter attack very well, didn't they? Yeah, the, what the, three down at half time? It's it's a long way to come back for any team. Yeah, and I, and I think the the common theme that we're going to go with here on these uh, on these games that we're talking about, Dan, is Leicester being the early game. I I definitely think that the momentum of that scoreline, seeing how easy it was that Leicester crumbled, pushed on uh, Everton and and our and next team that we're going to mention. I just. I just feel that that is what Leicester should have done in all their games that they've played. They should have done it against Leeds, Everton, um, uh, against Fulham. We, we've just Bournemouth. Yeah, but yeah, Bournemouth, Bournemouth exactly. Uh, at the time when Bournemouth beat us, they were in the same kind of situation as us. But we, we, we're we're yeah. going we're going back to Leicester, so I want to try and pull ourselves away from it. Um, yeah, but I, I'm. I, I definitely didn't see Everton winning, and that there is as gave them a really good chance of staying up, which I, I do not want at all. No, I um, don't either. And uh, so I, I, I think, sorry, when when they first made that Sean Dyche appointment, we all believed that it was going to be quite a positive one, though, didn't we? Yeah. I think, did they they played quite well for the first couple of games, and then they went on a bad run, but now with. 
although he didn't score, I don't believe, that I think Calvert-Lewin coming back is just a massive, they've got a focal point of the attack and stuff like that. And now, yeah, you've got McNeil obviously chipping in with a few goals and Decore as yeah. well. So, yeah, they look they look strong to stay up now. Yeah, it was a McNeil and Decore double in that game, wasn't it? So they're, they're, they're finding goals again. Um, I mean, do I McNeil scoring a ninety sixth minute? It's yeah. I yeah. I I feel like everything I'm going to say now just refers back to Leicester. So I'm, I'm just going to go on to Leicester in another uh, subject against their um, their local rivals, Nottingham Forest, the Tricky Trees. Um, they they got off the mark the quickest against Southampton, but at the same time, I think Southampton did well to get that back to four three. Would you, would you say there's hope for Southampton if they can play like that? No, no. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen. Uh, I think they've got to now win every game. I think they're basically down, aren't they? Uh, if you look at the table, it's. Uh, I think they need Everton or Forest not to pick up one point, and Southampton have to win every game. Yeah. So un- unfortunately for the Southampton, I think they've gave it a good fight. Look, what we're talking now. Three games to go, and there's still no teams actually certain to go down as of yet. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think we've had a situation like that in the, the last couple of Premier League. So it's been a, it's been a good season for any fan that's not involved in the relegation scrap. But yeah, no, they've gave it a good go, haven't they? But Let, let's, think- let's say it as this way then: Southampton, Leeds, Leicester all going down. Do you reckon Southampton come off the bottom? No, I no, I don't. I think uh, I, I've been looking into this Southampton because I haven't been following him too much. I think a lot of team, a lot of people have said for probably the last month now that they're down, aren't they? Kind of thing. It's, uh, but I think there's a lot of ownership issues there. They've not had, uh, they've had poor recruitment from the top. But yeah, I think there's still Southampton are a team that are known as. Well, from what I remember them as, as a youngster, it was they had good youth. So maybe the championship could be a, you remember, I'm trying to, uh, you had like your Gareth Bales coming through and just. Ricky, Ricky Lambert. Yeah, they've had. Milana. So maybe the the championship might maybe a good, I remember going back again, but there's been teams that have gone to the championship, a bit like Newcastle that have then bounced back. And you look at the Newcastle, it's not, you're not, you're not a dead and buried fan if you're a Southampton fan. I think looking at the game on Monday night, I've seen that there's still a good following for Southampton. So, and I think it's Southampton fans realise that they're down. I don't think they're expecting to stay up. So, yeah, yeah they've just got to build and go again. think that... Uh... Leeds will finish bottom. Yeah, I think it'll go Leeds, Southampton, Leicester. Uh, I think. Wow. Yeah, I, I I don't see Leeds doing anything. They've got Newcastle, West Ham, and Tottenham. Um, where Southampton play Fulham, who obviously have just tore us apart. Brighton have just been tore tore apart by Everton and Liverpool. And you got to remember the link between Southampton and Liverpool is always there with Lambert and Lallana. Yeah, and here James Milner's up. Oh, James Milner's going to Brighton, isn't he, as well? Well, yeah, that's probably a good move for him to turn his career. Yeah. It wouldn't be too bad. Sorry, I got confused. I think I was about to say that he was going to Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Go on. Where are we going? Uh, let's go to... What about the Newcastle-Arsenal uh, game? I thought this was going... Well, I say I thought this was going to be a difficult game for Arsenal. They're, albeit they've won 2 0. But uh, actually, I was watching this game on Sunday and this was a great game for the neutral, I have to say. Uh, yeah. I, I was quite surprised by the result. I was surprised it was it was 2 0 myself. I was expecting a closer game with it being like a 1 0, maybe even a 1 1 1 at times. It's only Newcastle's yeah. third home defeat since the start of last year. Um, it, makes, it makes me ask the question uh, are Newcastle going to hold on, especially now that. Liverpool are back in form and they're crawling up the league along with Man United. Obviously, Man U losing um, this weekend as well. But Liverpool are on 62, three points behind Newcastle. Um, And I I, I kind of feel that it's it's either 
Man U or Newcastle to to miss out here. I think my predictions earlier on in the pod, I, I thought Liverpool were, were were goners, but I think they've won seven in a row now or uh, six in a yeah, row. Yeah, they're flying, aren't they? And with an easy game against Leicester coming up, so to to me. Liverpool are going to make that Champions League spot. It's just who misses out. Is it going to be Newcastle or Man U? That's a, that's a brave shout to make there. Cause, uh, you got to remember Newcastle and Manchester United got a game in hand still. So, uh, yeah. I've, I've, no, I, I do agree with you. I think Liverpool are probably, other than what, your Man City, they're the form team in the league, aren't they? And Yeah. I, I still see, rather than the Manchester United one where, obviously we go further into it, but I think, they're not playing great. You've seen uh, fans listening on here will have uh, seen the stats. I think it's they've played nine away games against the top ten and lost or lost nine of them or something. It's a very poor form. And he actually, I don't want to go too much into it, but Man U have now played 57 games this season in all competitions. And I just think the... The intensity that that Ten Hag is installing into that team. I've seen him play in like the League Cup and the FA Cup and even in the Europa League. He doesn't tend to change the side too much. Maybe maybe players, are, well, I'd, they're not on holiday, but the long season is now showing on Manchester United. I think, to be honest, I think the top four will stay the same. I yeah. think Liverpool will have hit form just... Just under under a little, but yeah, I think Manchester United and Newcastle will do enough. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Well, um, not uh, not much talking points in the uh, remaining fixtures here, Dan. Um, there was four one nil wins, all for the home side as well. So uh, let, let's go with the one that wasn't a one nil, um, and also a relegation candidate, Man City versus Leeds. What what's your thoughts on this one? Uh, well, my review of this was uh, the Norwegian machine didn't even score, did he? And uh, and then what about him handing the penalty to Ilkay Gundogan? That, I just thought, at the time, I actually thought this, because I think it was 2-0 at the time, was, was yeah. it 2-0 at the time that they got the penalty? And they were at, I, I was watching the game and... I think this could have been this could have been double figures if they had if you'd have got a Haaland that was had his shooting boots on and just some of the other players chipped in with a bit of help. Yeah. But Haaland ha- ha- looked the ball uh, two or three times in this game. Yeah, it was it was one of those for the dream team uh, the people that had him as the captain. You'd be looking at that and wishing, well, that he had a scored really. But uh, maybe that's yeah. where I'm going wrong, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, do you think it could have backfired, though, Adam? Well, if the obviously the scoreline in the end being two one, yeah, that could have been. I, I I obviously seen the highlights as well, and Pep clearly wasn't happy, was he? No, I mean I I understand why Harlan being you know he doesn't need any more goals. He's he's on fine form as it is. He scored more than enough goals this year to earn double his pay packet in goal bonuses. So. I think he was just trying to save Man City a bit of cash. And with uh, Gundogan being on a, a hat-trick, I think it was very unselfish of him. But I, it, it's clear that um, Pep doesn't care about people's hat-tricks because the amount of times he's brought Haaland off when he's, he's, he's on a brace and he's just yeah. brought him off. And Haaland's obviously used to kick off about it. But I think I think that's happened like two or three times now this, this season where Haaland's missed out on a hat-trick. Um, and I think he was like, nah... If I'm not gonna, if if I'm not gonna be able to have a hat trick, I'm I'm gonna give it to him who can get one, his hat trick here. One thing I, one thing I did think though, okay, so Pep's had this massive go at, uh, massive rant about Hall and passing it to him. Bear in mind, going back to the FA Cup semi final, Merez took the penalty, and uh, Haaland was on the pitch, and Marez was still on the pitch against uh, uh, Leeds at the weekend. So Haaland is now number one penalty taker when Marez. So he he's gone against himself again because Marez took the penalty for his hat trick in the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's clearly a. Uh, 
don't know, is it a mind game with, with Pep? Is that, is that what he really wants? Does he yeah, want... I think he just likes to show his authority a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. then you look at... Uh, go, going at after that as well, you look at the stats and the absolute destroyed 81% possession for Man City. Yeah. And then you've had your 18 shots to four. So, well, it only takes, well, one shot to score. So, but no, no, Man City did enough though, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And it, I know it was an 85th minute goal for uh, Rodrigo, but. When that goal goes in, you've got, uh, you know, officially five minutes to get another goal. The momentum Leeds would have had when that went in to say, hey, we could we could rescue a point here. It's kind of yeah, similar to the thing. way Leicester were playing when we played Man City. All, all of a sudden, when we got a couple of goals back and half the Man City team went off, we were, we were hyped and thought, you know what, we <coughs> can get the, this win, uh, the, a point here. And I was worried that that's how Leeds were going to see this game go through. Yeah, so did I. Do you think? Uh, do you think there's signs there that Big Sam could keep these up? Clearly, to your other uh, comments, you don't. But is there any signs of improvement? No, I unfortunately I think Big Sam's a good manager. I think he's gone in there too late. Uh, if it was eight games to go, or similar to the level of when Sean Dyche went to Everton. I think you would stand a chance, but get getting him in with you could easily say three games to go because the Man City one is a write off. So you give him yeah. Big Sam three games to try and save that uh, club season. I just don't think it's going to happen, and uh, I feel it's quite a selfish appointment by the the Leeds owners to, to do something like that, especially not yeah. not just for the Leeds fans, but kind of like for Sam Allardyce as well. I think it's kind of like. Unless they're going to give him the job next year as well, which we don't know. I think he's seen the numbers though, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. Was, that he's got five hundred thousand a game, and then if he keeps him up, it's a one million pound bonus. I think yeah. I'd have, I'd have done it for seven hundred fifty, the bonus if I'd have kept him up, but obviously they turned me down. Yeah, well, if you think one one million to Leeds to stay in the Premier League is uh, is nothing, is it? It's a scratch on the surface. So um, exactly. let's, uh, let's go to a, um, yeah. Uh, do you want to go with it or shall I? Uh, what about Liverpool Brentford game? Okay, yeah. What's okay, your we'll, we'll go with that. So uh, I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised, really. I thought Liverpool being in the form that they're in, only winning this game by one goal to nil is it's a bit of a, sh- a shock. Um, I know obviously you said in the past about Brentford not really being a form team and and they're not they're not great they're they're clinging on I, I thought they did quite well to keep this at one nil they only had one shot on target all game uh to to Liverpool's five and 15 goal attempts but it it was enough it was it, you kind of see that is is this a nothing game for Brentford now because of like you said the form in the past. They've they've clearly slipped up here. Fifty points, nine points available. You can only really take them to six if all the other teams end up losing. So, a Brentford kind of saying this is season's over, and then Newcastle were just lacking a bit of firepower in this game. I mean Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I probably agree with you there. I think Brentford are now looking at it is in. If well, we've said it in the past about Fulham, haven't we? And obviously, we're not going to talk about that result at the weekend. But uh, yeah, I think I think they've they've played a very good Liverpool side, like we've mentioned as well. I think they're probably the most formed team in the league. With with the bloke I want to speak about here is Mo Salah. I think he's been so. Uh, We've not given him enough praise this season. I think for a Liverpool side that have always been unachieving this season, you look at his stats now and he's scored, what, he scored in the last nine home games at Anfield. He's got got the goal to win this game. Uh, He's the 100th goal for Liverpool. He's now scored over 30 this season. In a team that we're saying, or Liverpool, we're not used to seeing them this low in the league. This is... There, there's very good signs of improvement in here, and I think due to the bad start, I think this is now looking at an okay season, isn't it? Like, I don't, 
I think the Liverpool fans will now go into next season very optimistic for, a, I, I don't know whether you can say a push for the title. I don't see them on the top, on the Man City levels. And we also don't know if this season is a shock for Arsenal. But yeah, there's definitely signs for improvement next year. With a, with a couple of players, Liverpool go into next season and I would be happy to say they could be in the top two next year. Yeah. Looking at, um, obviously, Mo Salah's 30. If if Liverpool don't qualify for the Champions League this year, do you reckon that could turn Salah's head to look elsewhere? I think Mo Salah could be turned. I don't, I don't know whether... I don't think Liverpool would accept it. I think losing Mane, have they potentially got money in the bank to offer him more? I think if he was to be persuaded, would they just go and try and offer out of the, do you know, out of the park kind of for his wage? I think they'd try and make him the all-time record, whatever, wage. Yeah, match is high standard. Yeah, yeah I, I think... They need to keep him. He's, he's the best player Liverpool have had in no, numerous, numerous years, isn't he? So, yeah. And they got rid of a Mane wage that I imagine was on pretty similar to what... I did hear a, thing, uh, a stat of, I just wonder what the Liverpool side would have been like if they had kept Mane this year. Where yeah. would they have been now? Yeah. Well, Backside could have been special. Could Salah join Mane back at Bayern Munich? They're going to need a striker at some point. Yeah, well, but saying that, you got to look at it. If you got to, uh, it's Gakpo's first year. It, if Dar- Darwin Nunes starts to find the net, then they've got two good strikers that, and you, you remember, uh, Jota hasn't been at it, uh, he's been injured for a while, hasn't he? And they look a different side with him back in the team, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, someone who knows where that got the, the goal is, which, uh, which, yeah, definitely make, makes sense on that one as well. Well, next, Dan, let's um, let's go with Bournemouth-Chelsea. Uh, Frank's finally got a win, I believe. Am I reading that right? Yeah, you are reading that right, Harris. Uh, yeah, I'm struggling to speak about this game too much. It's two teams that are now, although uh, Bournemouth aren't uh, mathematically uh, safe, I think uh, Gary O'Neill's done enough. As our listeners have heard already, I think he's still manager of the season. Uh, to uh, to Scott's discretion, but yeah, I think we've got to look further into this now. And I think, all right, the supposedly super Frank for the Chelsea fans now gets his uh, first win as Chelsea interim manager, doesn't he? But we've got to look like. What's next for these two sides? Where do we go? Where do they both go next season? Like, obviously, you've got Todd Bowley that's spent six hundred million on a on a club. Surely, spending that amount of money is now they've got a challenge for the title, or be at least challenging for Champions League. And then Bournemouth, are they just going to be the same again next year? I just I don't know where we go with this. It's yeah, I yeah. mean, I, you, you're right. I, I think Chelsea do need to start looking on and trying to start being a bit consistent. Um, the, the money that they're spending, you, you'd think that they'll be winning the league back to back each each year. Uh, but the, obviously, it's not gone well from this year. I get that. You know, um, you had Tuchel in at the start of the season. You had uh, Potter in, which I still think they should have stuck by with Potter because I think as a long term, yeah, I agree. Manager, he he. He's kind of like the Brendan Rodgers that you know that Leicester had for some time. It was a, a long project. He built the team around him. He got the results he wanted. And I feel Potter could have done that as well. I'm starting to think that with all the money that's been going around, I don't think Potter really had a say in any of the signings. Um, I don't think that Mudrick's been a good signing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I agree there, Adam. Because... I don't think it had gone the hundred million on Enzo Fernandez. Yeah. Uh, bear in mind, you got to look at what Graham Potter's probably done previously under Brighton. That's all we can base it on. We're not. We're not. Uh, we don't know enough into the football and in and outs of things. So, yeah, you look at what he's previously done at Brighton. He's never spent. 
Is this Graham Potter a bloke that would have spent a hundred million on a player within? He's done. That that's the first window he's done. I don't think that would have been a player that he'd have done. I think they've basically gone out and got a player that has just won the World Cup just to spice it up for the Chelsea fans, and yeah. they're paid over the odds for him, really. Because you look, I wrote these down. Then Chelsea, that Chelsea team has a lot of big players in it. You've got two keepers to keep happy now because you've got Kepa that seems to be the number one at the moment. Yeah. But you've also got the Mendy. Mendy is not going to accept being number two. Right. Uh, you've got Thiago Silva. Can he keep uh, performing at the level? Don't get me wrong. I'm not debating that he's a world-class centre-half. But... Uh, how long can he keep performing at the level he's doing? Yeah. Uh, ben Chilwell, I think we've seen that potentially he could be tempted to Man City, but I've, I don't think the monies of Chelsea will let him go. So Kante, I think he's going. Uh, I, th- I just think he he may be coming to his time at Chelsea. I think he's just he's underappreciated. He's played out of position too much. Uh, we all know, going back to it, we're Leicester fans. He's the best centre defensive mid in the world for me. Yeah. Uh, but Chelsea seem to play him out on the wing, so <laughs> I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. But uh, Engolo Morris. Yeah. Well, you, then you go through. I'm just going to quickly go the next ones. Uh, Fernandez spent a hundred million on Mad Maduke. The P- I think is the winger that's. Uh, and then you got ZH that they tried to sell on the last day of the window this year. Yeah. Mudrick, they've spent an awful lot of money. Now they've got Sterling that doesn't even start. They've got a lot of players to satisfy. And then you've, at the end of all of that, you've got the striker situation. They're playing a, an attackive mid of Havertz in striking position when they've probably got, you're going, I'm going down a bit, a bit further down the line, but. Probably got one of the top ten strikers in the world out on loan. You got Lukaku out yeah. on loan. Yeah. So yeah, and then, then you're spending this money on Mudrick, Fernandez, and you're thinking, yeah. well, he didn't want. He, he, I think it was something about his wages or something that they wanted to throw up off the books. Uh, yeah. Lukaku, but how does that work when then you sign Mudrick? And I, and I know if you gave me the choice of Mudrick or Lukaku, I'll go Lukaku any day of the week. Um, yeah, so they've got, they've got big issues there. They and they've, really got, they've got Jao Felix as well that doesn't really do much. He scored at the weekend, I believe. Um, but he's not really... He's not really. Um, I, I always seen him from when he was at Benfica. I thought a fantastic player. Uh, he'll do really, really well in the future. Went to... You go Barcelona? Um, no, sorry. Uh, Atletico Madrid. Yeah. So yeah. he went. He went to Atletico Madrid, then to Chelsea. To be fair, you kind of think, well, you're clearly not all what you cracked up to be if you can't really do it at Atletico Madrid. And you may to be the star man there as well because they're not like they're not no Barcelona or Real Madrid, are they? So yeah. I'm a bit a bit surprised at that. And like I always say, they've got Nkunku coming in next year as well. So that's another player that you got to try and please. Well, who's got? You got too many players for these positions. Yeah, they've got they've got a big summer ahead of them. But let let's not take it away from the the Bournemouth side as well. I think, uh, yeah, three one. I think it flatters Chelsea because I think one uh, one. I think it was a close contest to be honest. And uh, yeah, although they're not mathematically safe, I think the Bournemouth fans can go into the summer of yeah enjoying that they're going to be in Premier League next year. Yeah, and. Yeah, they've got they, they've got an exciting summer ahead of them. I don't know where, don't know whether the club's investing. I've not looked into that side of it, but yeah, it's, they'll be happy that they're in Premier League again next year. Cool. Where next, Dan? Uh, we're gonna go to the West Ham Manchester United game that was on the Sunday night. Yeah. Oh yeah, the classic uh, Man U get away with murder trick. Well, they didn't this time, did they? Did you, so, did, you see the, did you see the handball? Who was that by? I so, uh, Lind- Lindelof yes. in, the, in, in the box. Yes, I did see that. But uh, let, let's speak first about 
it's no another howler from De Gea, isn't it? I thought it was a good save. What? <laughs> Did you see it going back in the back of the net? I was I when I saw it, I kind of thought it was like a, an illusion and thought it'd like gone past oh, the, the backboards. Yeah, backboards and into the net. Because it weren't yeah. even like the strongest shot. <laughs> it was like his foot slipped and he got his hand to it, but I don't know what I don't know how his foot slipping can't extend his arm and have the strength behind it to stop the ball. Yeah. Um, I've, I, obviously, the listeners know that I wrote, write notes down and I've wrote in them this time. He He's far too inconsistent, isn't he, De Gea? I think I like he's classic. I, I think he's a good man at a goalkeeper. Oh. No, I'm just thinking for a side that now wants to be in... They they want to be challenging top two, don't they? There's a lot of teams that want to be challenging the top top two, it's, and especially Manchester United. A lot of players still know them as the biggest club in the world, and for me, I I, I still class them as the biggest club in the world. But yeah, De Gea's De Gea's got to go, and if it, he he's one of the biggest, uh, highest paid players there. Yeah, they've got to move on from him now. What what goalkeeper are you, are you suggesting then? I always hear the who's the Atletico keeper. Is it Oslak? Oslak? Why am I saying Oslak? Yeah, uh, no, yeah, I've not got the Oblak. Oblak, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry for those Atletico fans that are listening. In, but yeah, it's Oblak, and uh, yeah, I think he's the one that they would be going for, but. Yeah, I just don't. I think De Gea's passed it now. I think he's had his glory years at Manchester United. Manchester United are known for the big keepers, and he's not up to the. He, well, he's causing too many errors. Yeah. He just needs his time to go now. So, yeah, yeah. That, we've got to go to the West Ham. Uh, West Ham absolute stormer, wasn't it? Really, it was. Uh, Listen to this one, and I think Declan Rice absolute ran the show, didn't he? So. Yeah, 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 West Ham done well. And again, it's another one of them teams that need to pick up a win to ensure safety, and they've got over the line. People were calling for Moyes' head not too long ago, and now he's turned that around, and they're, they're practically the same as Bournemouth. Not quite safe yet, but he's looking good for them. Do you think they're too reliant on Rashford? Uh, obviously, I've looked at the stats of this as well, and... Uh... West Ham ended with 35% possession to United, uh, went to Manchester United, 65. They both had an incredible amount of shots, 15 and 19. Uh, and then, but they've only put four on target. I just think Manchester United are far too reliant on Rashford. If, if Rashford doesn't score, I just don't know where the goals are. Bear in mind they spent 70 million on Anthony. I just don't think other players are chipping in enough with the help of this, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't. I don't rate um, Anthony at all. Um, at, 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 about six weeks ago, I thought that uh, Weghorst was uh, a decent uh, signing from Burnley. Bearing in mind it's a, a loan, and it's a type of player that man's uh, man you don't have. It's that target man. But he, he, he isn't good enough, unfortunately, for that team. And neither, neither is Anthony Martial. I think Martial needs to move on. And it, you you look to the summer, you kind of think Declan Rice is going to go Man U. I think that would be a perfect fit. Uh, yeah, and- well, did you hear his interview afterwards? No, I didn't. And he said, uh, we've uh, played the best uh, best team in the world. And I said I said to the missus afterwards, after hearing this, I said, is that just a plea for him to go? Yeah, he's at his best game against the best team in the world. Well, you can't go to someone else and say, "Oh yeah." Well, I still think Manchester. If Manchester United come in for him, I think they'll they'll get him. When he signs for Man City in uh, the summer, he's like, "Yeah, well, yeah. it's always good being at the best team in the world." Yeah. <laughs> the um, yeah, no. Lovely goal there by Kevin De Bruyne. I've just witnessed with my eyes. One one. Um, no, I, no, I, I think if if Spurs end up bottling it, I think Harry Kane will s- sit nicely there, and I think Rashford will end up replacing Anthony on the wing or something. 
So you're going to get Rice in and Harry Kane up front. I think that's that's got to be Manu's goals this uh, this summer. And unfortunately for West Ham, that means you're going to lose your star man because as much as Manu rely on Rashford, West Ham definitely rely on uh, De- uh, Declan Rice too much. Yeah, I think there's a, a I think there's a few players in the Premier League this year now that are uh, way above the club that they're at. I think there's probably four or five to be honest, don't you? Yeah, definitely. But, uh, um, okay, um, Wolves Villa We've got a local derby uh, here in, in Birmingham, but uh, it's not as big a derby as we uh, thought it was, Dan. Yeah. Yeah, like you, like you say, it's we're now talking about the four one nil games. It, it wasn't a major one, uh, so I wrote down Totti scored, oh. and not the Roma legend. What he retired? Yeah, he, he retired a while back. The Roma striker, but this one was the Wolves Wolves defender, and he got his first goal for the Wolves team. So Totti Gomez. Uh, I. I I just wanted to do a shout out to Scott. I feel like the Villa team have gone on holiday since uh, Scott Ooh. put his he, he put his shout out for Unai Emery uh, as manager yeah. of the season, and I don't think they've ever been team of the season for since he's done that. Yeah, you're right, Dan. Since uh, since Scott's been in the rainforest swimming with the Crocs, he uh, yeah, you, you're right. Emery's Emery's gone off uh, the rails a bit, has he? Yeah, maybe he's on holiday with Scott. We don't know. <laughs> so looking at the last, it seems uh, like Villa have been eaten by the Crocs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, they the, they lost to Wolves one 0 lost to United one 0 They beat Fulham on the last, uh, the the first pod without Scott. So they did oh. get some rejoice, but it wasn't really good. Scott but... will be happy with that. No. And before that was the Brentford game where it was a a one one. So uh, it could have even been it could have been four games that we may have covered with Villa since Scott's gone, and they've only picked up four points. So it's not good, Scott. Yeah. It's not good at all. And uh, if you're listening out there, we do still do this podcast. So also just in uh, your thoughts, Adam. <laughs> So is the European dream over for uh, Scott's Unai Scott's Unai Emery now? I'm going to say, it's hard. I want to say no, but then I think, and I'm kind of contradicting so myself. three points behind Spurs in six. Yeah, but then Brighton have also got two games in hand still. But if they yes. play anything like they did against Everton, the, there is that chance for Villa. But you're again relying on other results going your way, and you should be beating. You should be beating Wolves. Uh, Wolves are starting to look like they're a comfortable mid-table season, um, mid-table side. They're two points behind Chelsea in eleventh. Which I think Lopetegui is a very good manager. I I love. I lo- I look. Well, I like him very much. But... I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna call him the greatest manager in the world again. Then and we're then gonna have another. No, I, ca- I can't go against Scott's uh, Unai <laughs> Emery. Still, my uh, vote for manager of the season is uh, Gary O'Neill. But last, last one yeah. then, Dan. What, what we got on? What we got on this last one? Uh, we're gonna go for the Tottenham Palace game. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> uh, He's done it again, hasn't he? Harry Kane? Yes, he has. Uh, what was it? He's, it was a goal on the, the stroke of half-time, wasn't it? Yes, that's right, yeah. And uh, made him the outright uh, second-highest goal scorer in Premier League history. Yeah, under, under Alan Shearer, I believe. Yes, I believe the same. Obviously... We're still going on the fact of there's not an awful lot to talk about. They've all been 1-0. Uh, yeah, I think Palace are now getting to the point of, what, they were safe now, they're on 40 points. It's, I think, I have to say, Roy Hodgson's done a fabulous job, I think. Yeah. Uh, he came in, he came in and... Uh, all he was expected to do after the Patrick Vieira was keep him up, wasn't he? 
I think they looked in a lot. They probably made the decision at the right time, to be honest. A lot of teams below them now, uh, you look at, and they've made the sacking of managers too late. Uh, potentially Leicester have, potentially Leeds have. Uh, Everton, they could have got away with it. They may have made it at the right time. But yeah, Crystal Palace, well, looking at that, uh, well, where they are in the league, they made it at the absolute perfect time, to be honest. Yeah. So Yeah, they are yeah. safe, Dan, as well. So he's, he's done his job there. He can, he can leave next week if he wanted. Yeah, so I just want to ask, out to the listeners, or at, well, I'm going to go to yourself now, obviously. But I just with the stat going that Harry Kane is the now the second highest goal scorer in Premier League history outright. Is he ever actually classed as a great? Because I don't think he is. No, because I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of Harry Kane, if I'm honest. I think, well, for me, I think he could be the best. England strike we've ever had, but his titles do not state that. So I can't, I have no backing against that. I'm still going of the, uh, he has to leave, he has to leave Tottenham, sorry, to uh, make himself great. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a bit harsh at the same time. You know, he's achieved, he's achieved a lot at Tottenham. Unfortunately, because the team lacks desire and the passion to go on and win trophies, leagues, um and everything it's kind of like uh tinted harry kane's uh status you you could call him easily the world's best i'd say at the minute he is consistent so he's always as consistent as harland apart from harland's burst onto the scene at a man city club that know how to play football i'm sure if you put harry kane in this man city squad he would be scoring just as many goals as harland well, go to Man City then. Why uh, didn't he? Well, he can't now. He's, he's definitely that 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 boat sailed. Unless Harlem. I'm just saying you can't class a striker as great until he's performed on the best level. He's there's there's players out there that are scoring goals for teams way below his level. So if he if they've scored more than him, why are they not great? Yeah. If if he don't go, he has, to go and, he has to go and produce the trophies. I think. Yeah, if if he doesn't go Man U, right, and he goes to Bayern Munich, um, wins wins the the league there, wins the Champions League there, which you know they're capable of, or even to Real Madrid to replace Benzema. If he starts winning stuff there, what what does that do for him in his future? I mean, it's, it's again, he's he's also another player that's 30 and getting old. If he stays in the Premier League, he'll definitely beat Shearer's record. But would going to these foreign clubs benefit him in any way and make his status any better? Or does he need to go to United and just carry on in the Premier I think... Uh, to me, I want him to go to United just because... I obviously, like you say, I want him to stay in the Premier League and break the Premier League history. But I think he's now got to look at it and decide, does he want to win trophies? Because I don't think to make him that elite great, even if he does want to win trophies at Tottenham, he's not going to win the league. He's going to be no... Is he happy with winning the League Cup or the FA Cup? That That's what he's got to now decide in himself, or if he wants to go and challenge for titles and potentially the Champions League, he goes to, like you say, Real Madrid or somewhere like that. Yeah. But if he wants to do it in the Premier League, he cannot stay at Tottenham. He needs to go to... The only two clubs that are really applying for him are Manchester United and Man City. And I think Man City now, after signing Haaland, do not need him. Because Harry Kane will not be number two to... Erling Haaland the only way of keeping him in the Premier League if he leaves Tottenham and I just if he doesn't leave Tottenham I fear that we're letting a talent go a bit a very strange one of saying but there's players like Steven Gerrard that never won the Premier League yeah and I, it'd be a shame to let that talent not win something 
And if he do, if he doesn't make the move this year, I don't think he ever will. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Who's that then? Right, let's uh, let's move on to this uh, mystery footballer wops that I have no idea who it is. I'm hoping you can finally shed some light on this and 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 tell me who it is. Yeah, so I, I briefly put this out because it's a big. Uh... Uh, a big love of our host, Scott. He he loves doing the uh, mystery footballer quiz. It's on our Facebook and it's on our Twitter. And uh, for you listeners that are out there, please go and follow that and, and share it as it, as it is. Uh, but I know we had one tweet from a, a super Gary Coupleditch. Oh, lovely. And it, and he got the the got the selection right, and it was a, a super Marcus Bent. Okay, yeah, Mark, yeah, I know Marcus Bent. Don't know him personally, but uh, don't you? I, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know him as a player, and I, I'm assuming that's the is that the Charlton link? Yes, and yeah. the Ipswich. Yeah, Ipswich as well. Yeah, when for and some Leicester. for some time as well, I always thought that Darren Bent was. Uh, brother of Marcus Ben, but it turns out it isn't. They just like to play at the same club for a bit. <laughs> Scott would be very proud of your knowledge. Yeah, he would, he would, he would love that. Uh, and if, if other people also thought that, that they were brothers, please uh, get it on the uh, Twitter Twitter poll and let us know. See if it's just me. But uh, I just thought two Bents, Charlton, youth, they've got to be either twins or brothers. All right, that's all we've got time for for to, uh, today's episode of the Sunday League podcast with Adam and Dan, soon to be Scott. Um, hopefully he comes back. We have put a message out to him and say, when are you back? Because the team's struggling. Um, we'll be back for the preview this weekend. Oh, is that confirmed, Dan? Or Yeah, well, uh, if not, I'm sure me and yourself will be able to sort something out. Yeah, definitely. We might have to get a... Uh, an extra member out there who wants to come in and uh, join. So we'll, we'll we'll put that out there. Uh, please, again, stay with us. Sorry we didn't put one out last week, but we um we will try and do one this weekend as well for um the, the, the weekend's fixtures. Please follow us all on Twitter at TSLPoddy4, I believe is the Twitter tagline. Um, remark uh, any of your comments with a hashtag the Sunday League podcast, TSLP. Cheers, Dan. Thanks for joining us tonight, joining me tonight. Yeah, thank you, Adam, as well. Uh, I hope you have a good rest of the week. Yeah, cheers, Bye-bye. Bye-bye.